EFL Game Week 1 review. Go on then. Welcome to the EFL Sesh podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the EFL Sesh podcast. And yeah, this is series two. So we finished our series one uh, in our last episode where we did our League Two final review, and we're now dawning into a brand new series. Um, I'm your co-host, Andy, and I'm uh, joined by my another esteemed co-host, Joe, as usual, and we're reunited, and it feels so good, Joe. How are you? Yeah, excellent. Thanks, Andy. And like you say, feeling so much better to be to be back in the room, not having conversations with myself. I've got to give you massive kudos. That uh, that episodes five and six was absolutely triumphant, bearing in mind the logistical nightmare you had to deal with. So, you know, I owe you massive big time, big time for that. So, no, it was obviously great. And, uh, you know, for people that haven't listened to yet, please do. It was a monumental effort from Joe to uh, clip all my clips together as well as all of his clips. So, you know, it's, it was incredible. How did you find that experience, Joe? It's good fun. I, I feel I feel uh, there was a great burden of uh, responsibility placed on me because now I, yeah, I, I own the rights to a lot of your voice uh, clips. I feel like I could manipulate Andy Houghton into saying or doing whatever I want at this point now with my my vast knowledge of uh, of, of, well, free online editing software and my vast repository of Andy Houghton words. Um, yeah, watch out. Watch out for what you're getting subscribed to over the coming weeks and months. Honestly, some of them clips of just hearing my voice in very, very short segments was a, a bit bit scary, if I'm being totally honest, but also <laughs> absolutely hilarious at the same time. So no, it was a, that was absolutely class. And uh, yeah, no, please, please listen to them. It was a, it was a, it was a great episode and, you know, a good way to finish off series one. Um, obviously, I'm going to plug the socials. So we're on all of the major po- po- the podcasting platforms. Can't get my words out. Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, give us all the uh, five star ratings. And as we always say, you know, anything negative, you know, please leave that at the door. Joe will not be happy if there's any negative feedback. So, you know, five stars all round, right? Yeah, absolutely that. (laughs) Exactly. So, Joe, do you want to introduce Series 2 of the EFL Sesh podcast? I'd love to. Um, And I I think I'd love to start by shouting out what a a triumphant return the Football League has made to to our lives. Obviously, Series 2 will, will, will follow this season um, throughout the Championship, League 1 and League 2. Um, each week, we'll be doing a roundup of, of our, our most eye-catching results from each three of the divisions. Um, we'll, we'll, throw in, we'll throw in some little tidbits here and there, some interesting facts, some interesting players, some interesting stats. Um, we'll obviously be continuing our, our Canvey Island wrap-ups um, sporadically throughout the season, um, interacting with the the hordes, with the masses of fans that were accruing, and um, and actually, Andy, as, as ever, there will always be random facts to, to 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 litter throughout the podcasts. And I'd like to start with some now. I'd like to start as we mean to go on. Um, oh, I wouldn't expect anything less, Joe. Hit me here, here. So over the seventy-two opening fixtures that we had this weekend, 
there were 97 goals scored. That's a lot of goals. That's impressive. That's not even that, that's not even half of the most impressive fact I'm about to tell you. We have on the docket the highest opening day attendance across all three leagues with over half a million people attending the the wondrous season opener that uh the yeah that that was the FL opening weekend so covering Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Um the championship alone on Sky Sports this weekend had its highest viewership of an opening weekend in the football league up over 70% from last year's viewing numbers. I mean this is a this is a monster season that we've got uh, we've got co- cooking up and um I I would say actually I'm not going to beat around the bush directly directly related to the this this podcast coming out. Um I feel like we've we've whipped the masses into such a frenzy that they uh they can't they can't take their eyes off it and um I don't blame them personally. I wouldn't I wouldn't blame them and uh, yeah that's some monumental stats to be fair. Um yeah I I think there's a various factors towards I think you know there has been a lot of anticipation I think you know especially the championship with some of the you know high profile teams that have come down it was very interesting I think it was actually quite clever by Sky Sports to put the Southampton game mm. um, start because I think that was one that probably a lot of people were you know purring over to see you know how they were going to fare so yeah no it's it, it's incredible stats and you know it's great to see the fans going to grounds and actually enjoying the opening weekend and you know the weather wasn't kind to them over the weekend but you know it's uh, it's great to see the masses go into games and like you said I think we're a massive contributing factor the fans the millions of fans as uh, as have listened to our words and our previews and just whetted their appetite for some EFL action. I completely agree. Um, we've given them the previews. Well, now let's give them the reviews. Um, as 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 alluded to, I think we've we've picked our our picks for um most interesting games to talk about this week in the Championship, League One and League Two. Um, and actually, you've touched upon our our first one, so I think we should jump straight in in the Championship, and that is of course the the season opener, Sheffield Wednesday versus Southampton. Andy, any uh, any hot takes? Yeah, this was actually a, a pretty interesting game. I wasn't really sure what to expect out of the season opener. I think with any game week one game or just the opening game of the season, it can always be a bit cagey and people trying to suss each other out. Or it can have a, yeah, it can go the other way where they're trying to make a real impression and statement for the season. And I, I genuinely thought Southampton pretty much made a really good statement. The stats were absolutely insane. So I think overall in the game, they had 80% possession in the whole match, which, you know, was completely absurd, really. Um, obviously, Russell Martin already you know, stamping his authority on that style of play, very possession-based football with, you know, some cutting edge there. They, you know, 15 shots to six in Southampton's favour for an away match at Hillsborough. That's, you know, that's pretty good going. That's that's pretty impressive, even for a team that were pretty well, or we pretty more well fancied at the start of the season in our preview. But still to, to dominate the possession as much as that and have an XG of 2.18 in the game, that's pretty decent. Um I, I thought there were some good performances all round. I think, you know, Teller was, I think, man of the match for me. I think he was a massive menace throughout the whole game. Um, obviously, was unlucky not to score the goal because he cut inside, lovely finish, but like flicked out of Armstrong's head on the uh, on the way out, which, you know, 
if, if I was the dubious goals committee, I would have just given it to Teller because he did 99% <laughs> of the work. Um, and, and you know, it was it was pretty one-way traffic. And then kind of Sheffield Wednesday came back into it. Lee Gregory, you know, good header. Um, came out a bit of nowhere, if I'm being totally honest. I thought Wednesday were pretty disappointing. I think they could have, you know, in front of a home crowd at Hillsborough on the opening day, was thinking a bit more fight, but maybe Southampton was so good that they didn't let them out of the box, out of the blocks, really. Um, and then your main man right at the end, Che Adams. Yep, doing me a favour there. Tip for golden boot in the uh, in the championship this season. Started off strong. Um, so yeah, uh, that, that's my take of the game. I think it was a very good performance from Southampton. A lot of, you know, they got a lot of plaudits, and I think Russell Martin's first game in charge was pretty much as good as it could have gone for him. Really, what about you? Yeah, agreed. I think professional, professional performance. Um, I agree. I don't really know where the Sheffield Wednesday goal came from either. But um, yeah, I could see that being a pattern this year, really. Southampton dominating a lot of the game, winning at a canter. I think they'll be their own biggest enemy. Um, have to stay alert and, and cut out those those sort of freak goals. But hey, it, it, it win the game. That's what matters to start the season. Get the three points on the board and go from there. It's a long old schlep. You mentioned yeah. XG there as well. I uh, I'd be interested to see your thoughts about XG. Positive, negative, nothing, nothing doing. It's an interesting one. I I do think it is a good indication of you know the attacking prowess of a team and whether they're peppering the goal or not. I know it doesn't tell the whole story because you can get games where you know a team might have like three like twenty five shots in a game and not score a goal, and then you know they lose to a goal against the run of play at the end. So it only tells half a story, but I do think it gives a good indication maybe of the attacking talents of a, of a side. And, you know, I think you know as well as anybody, I think Leighton Orient were, you know, a key example of this. The more chances you create, and I think you created bags of chances in League Two last season, you know, that's always going to give you the most opportunity to score goals. And I think that's what XG kind of provides. And I think, you know, teams probably take it more seriously than we do. But I do think it tells, you know, a positive story regardless of the result. Because I think if you have an attacking intent, you create loads of chances, you're going to probably be in more games than you are, uh, you know, than you're not, sorry. Hey, I agree with that. I don't disagree. Um, good to see a fellow XG supporter. I, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan, big fan. Good. I saw one, before we move on, I saw one stat from that game, which I, I still can't believe is actually true. The Southampton had 80% possession. Yeah. 80%, I mean, yeah. what the hell? Like, just uh, Sheffield Wednesday just had the ball from goal kicks, apparently. But yeah. I, I think also they set a record for the most amount of passes in one half as well. I think it was like nearly 500 passes in one in one half of football, which is, you know, that's astonishing. Mind. Yeah. So I, I don't know the exact quote, but maybe, uh, maybe if you can. Uh, Research that over the episode mm. to, to quote me, but I think it was probably I think in the first half the most amount of passes made in one half, especially in the EFL. Oh, that now that sounds like a bit of me. I uh, I look forward to popping back up later with with that information for you. Excellent. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, I think that's the first first game reviewed. I think I think there's nothing mm. else to really say. What about you, Joe? No, no, I'm happy to happy to move on. Um, here, here. So our next game that we wanted to review was um, Middlesbrough-Millwall. So I think there's, you know, various factors why we wanted to do this game. And I think probably more or less the result, if I'm being totally honest. Joe, what was your viewpoints on this game? Yeah, the result, absolutely. Also, can I just say, I love how you're saying Millwall 
like Millwall. that. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it. Right. I'm saying Millwall. But yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna start putting the emphasis on the wall, like you do. But um, yeah, interesting game, really. Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough. It um again. Speaking of possession, seventy percent possession. So the classic. Uh, I don't know whether Michael Carrick has the the stature to call it Carrick ball, but um, yeah, had a lot of the ball, but did pretty much nothing with it throughout the whole game. Um, and yeah, even despite having 70% possession, even before their goal, Millwall looked much, oh, sorry, Millwall looked uh, much more likely to score, um, despite their pretty not potent uh, attacking options. Um, I, yeah, I, I mean, a bit of a freak result, actually, when you when you think about it, because I, I don't think that they'd win that game every week if, if they were to play uh, Middlesbrough Millwall. But classic football league really just did a complete job on them um mixed up came out of the uh not funny formation but a formation that uh Carrick probably wasn't expecting with the five at the back just completely stifled them up front and probably highlighted the need for for more attacking reinforcements really in what's left of the transfer window um soaked up all the pressure and then like I say, the goal actually probably very well well deserved. Um, and also love love an eighteen year old getting his getting his first football league goal, Roman essay. So yeah, or Essa or Esse. I, I don't know. Roman, get in touch. Correct me. Um, yeah, I I I love it. I love it. This is what it's all about. Favorites going into the game. Favorites going into the season. If you if you pay attention to our league tables, but um, getting sort of comprehensively beaten, even though it is only one nil. Uh, yeah. Big fan, keeping it keeping it lively. I completely agree with you. I think it was a very very good away performance for Millwall. Mm. I think you know sometimes you need to, you know, suffer a little bit in an away game to kind of get what you want and just as you know just deserves. But I think um, one of the players I thought was quite good actually was um, I think Duncan Watmore. I think he used to play for Middlesbrough actually. I think he had a pretty decent game for uh, for Millwall um, and. <laughs> I, I think he laid maybe he laid on the goal. Um, so I think you know it's pretty decent to uh, see that you know for, it's always the case a former player always sometimes ends up haunting you, and uh, that was the case for Middlesbrough. Yeah, the classic come comes back from uh, from the dead. Previously of Sunderland as well, I think actually. So yes, you're got right. a bit of a championship experience under his belt. But, bit, of a, um, bit of a time weird kind of uh, experience there, like yeah, and Sunderland. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 got it all, but um, yeah, professional, professional job done by uh, by Millwall and their their merry men. So, as a, forward, see what they you, come up with in the future. Say, yeah, it pains me to say it because obviously, as a West Ham fan, it's uh, <laughs> never normally. Yeah, it's, it's it hurts, but now you got to give props to them. They they did a really good performance, and I think that's you know if that's a good start to the season, um, I think they can crack on and I think they might, you know, if they carry on that momentum, you know, you only need one result to gain momentum, right? And it's a good start. And, you know, it's, they probably weren't expecting a win. So it's a massive bonus for them. Get them on a, a good, good, you know, good roll and we'll see how it goes, mate. We will. We will indeed. We are. Would you like to talk about the next one? I've got, I've got the, the last championship game queued up. Oh, I, I will with bated pleasure. Um, so yeah, we chose Watford and Queens Park Rangers for obvious reasons. Um, I, I don't know if it's because Watford were very, very good or QPR were incredibly awful in this game. And sorry, QPR fans, but I think it was probably more the latter. 
that first half was honestly just trash, like utter trash from them. Like defensively, absolute shambles. Like twenty three shots conceded in a game, which is you know, I know you're the away team, but that is an obscene amount of shots to concede. Um, conceding after like 38 seconds or 40 odd seconds it's never going to start well when you concede that early on and it just set an absolute tone for the game um, you know out possession 70 like 70% possession for Watford and I don't know it just it just seemed an absolute domination from start to finish if I'm being totally honest so I, I think you know Kudos to Watford. Clearly, you know, you have to score the goals and see off the game at the start. And by half time, it was over, like 4 0 at half time. They didn't have to come out of second gear in the second half, um, which is good because, again, you don't have to exert as much energy. You've won the game already. Get some rotations in, change it up a little bit, rest some legs for next week. You know, it's a long, hard season. I think Watford, it was the perfect result for them. And they must have been, you know, after the first couple of minutes, they must have been rubbing their hands saying, oh, what a way to start the season. Let's, uh, let's crack on. I, I wasn't fancying this season, but, you know, regardless of the opposition, how bad QPR were, scoring four goals at home, it's always going to be a good start. Yeah, agreed. Um, woeful, woeful performance from QPR. And the best said about the performance of the three... Uh, at last season, Orient players, the better, I think. Um, neither Kelman, Paul Smith or Stephen Jukes McKenna covered themselves in glory, um, either starting or coming on off the bench. Um, I fear that all of... I mean, it's early days, don't get me wrong, but I fear that, yeah, all of our worst worst predictions for QPR this season are about to come true. Um, it was a woeful performance. Uh, terrible. But at least at least Watford will be glad that they're they're the ones scoring the early goals now because yeah famously um, the on the on the wrong end of the Premier League's fastest ever goal scored um, by Shane Long seven point six nine seconds if you were wow. if you were wondering that's quick that's quick very um, quick uh, yeah so yeah I very very little to say about QPR other than whoops. Uh, it was whoops in every yeah. sense of the word, doesn't it? It was whoops territory. I, f- I feel bad for Gareth Ainsworth because I know he, he. I think he supports the club. He loves the club, but you know, I, th- I think you know it's like we said in our preview. He's been shafted by literally no resource being spent. Loads of change up top with the with the owners and and the CEO changing. I think Fernandez and Ferdinand have gone. It's just stifled him massively, and you can just tell there. They're in massive trouble, I think, already. I think they, you know, they need to shore up shop a little bit, maybe get some re- defensive reinforcements in. But I think it was the only team in the championship we actually agreed on in the bottom half, I think, wasn't it? We did two at the top, and then I think QPR, we both said we're getting relegated from our from our prediction. And we did. Like, like you we said, were unanimous. <laughs> yeah. Like you said, uh, hopefully it doesn't come to fruition because I do like QPR, but. It certainly wasn't the start they were looking for in any way, shape, or form. No, not at all. I tell you what, actually, weirdly, we we have actually picked three teams that we were unanimous on where they would come last year. So, uh, from last episode, sorry. So, we both agreed Southampton would come first, Middlesbrough yeah. would come third, and QPR would come twenty uh, second. So, looks like we might have two out of three of them in the bag anyway. 
I might have just known something. I didn't actually know that. So that's, a, again, a wild stat, but something, it must have been a sixth sense in my head. Yeah, uh, you just knew. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, before we go on to League One, and that's our third team, I just want to give a shout out to Ipswich. Obviously, a massive, <laughs> result, a massive result for them at the weekend. Obviously, going away, the literal final game of the EFL game week one and you know, winning 2-1 away um, at Sunderland Stadium Alight. Highest attendance over, I think, the EFL's weekend, 44,000 at Stadium Light. You know, first game back, that's a that's a daunting task for any team in, in the league, you know, let alone the first game in the championship in like four or five years and to go turn it up and hold on with 13 minutes added time at the end of the game. You know, kudos to them. So that's my little shout out. And I will be there on Saturday to hopefully see them beat Stoke. But after Stoke's really good result of the weekend, uh, I'm I'm a little bit more uh, worried about that one more than I was uh, more than I was last week. Anyway, <laughs> oh, they're 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 at the weekend then signing autographs. I imagine Andy um, signing uh, printouts of the uh, of the pod Spotify page. Um, yeah, great result. Uh, unfortunate result for our fun uncle though, Tony Mowbray. Ever since ever since sort of saying how good a championship manager he was, he appears to have not won a single preseason or now league game. So maybe we put the put the mockers on him early doors apologies tony but yeah we i don't know i can't see him lasting too long with uh with insipid performances like that under his belt but yeah, yeah we'll shout out it's which well done good good to, good to get that first win under your belt when you're when you're in sort of a new division so yeah good things Absolutely. coming premier league next yeah exactly here we come who knows here here um okay cool so that is the championship rounded up. Um, obviously, you know we're going to do three de- games a three games a, uh, a an episode per per league. But I think you know we'll all put some tidbits in some like you know I other eye catching results and little shout outs that like I just did there. Um, if there's anything else of note, but yeah, no good 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 first week in the championship. Lots of interesting results. Um, some teams that I didn't fancy maybe doing better than normal. But yeah, let's move on to League One and. I think, you know, with anticipation, uh, there's Joe's obviously got an opinion in League One. It's his favourite league at the moment, obviously, his beloved Leighton Orient and then we will probably talk about them in a bit. Uh, but I'll start off with um, the Barnsley-Port Vale game. And I don't think, you know, we, we couldn't start this review without reviewing that game to start with 7-0. <laughs> like, unbelievable result for them. Um, you know, we, we did fancy Barnsley up up near the upper restaurants of the table, and I, you know, I think they very much justified why. Um, you know, attacking intent, you know, throughout two 0 at half time and then score five goals in the second half. That's just you know, I've seen numbers. Even though randomly their XG was only one point five six in the whole game, which is absolutely ludicrous. Eleven Ooh, shots XG. A game. I love yeah. that. 11 shots, seven goals. That's uh, that's pretty efficient, if you ask me. Um, obviously, highlight of the of the day. Obviously, Devante Cole getting his hat trick. That was a you know a really good, really good return for him. Didn't really talk about him in the high scorer category, but I know he had a pretty good season last year, and I think he's you know certainly you know started off like an absolute train. Um, and I think it might be. I think I heard it. I was watching the ITV. Um, EFL highlights show and I actually would recommend that it's actually pretty good I think they've started it up again this season and I think they said that was the highest first first game week result in League One history or something like that 7-0 or 
don't think it's mm. happened before. We might be joint, but it was, it was stealing my thunder. That's a great I fact. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but you know, at the end of the day, in League One especially, I, I think you know you're gonna have games which are scrappy. You may not play the best, but you need if you have a constant, you know, attacking threat and you're scoring, you know, bags of goals. That's always gonna, you know, leave you in absolute good stead for for the season ahead. And I think you know if they can, you know, they scored seven goals. Even though Devante Carl's got three of them, they're still sharing it around. You know the the uh, the squad in terms of goal distribution, and that's always going to be good. You can't rely on just one player to get you all the goals. It's good to spread that across the team over a season. I can't say anything more. Yeah, just positive. It was great to see. You know the attacking flair there. Port Vale. It might just be a freak result. I don't really. You know, I didn't really have much to talk about them, really. It was more just how good Barnsley were more than how bad Port Vale were, I think. Mm, fair enough. I mean, I will talk about how bad Port Vale were as well. I, I feel I feel like after my broad Bristol uh, Rovers panning for uh, Scunthorpe allowing them to win 7-0 last time, I feel like this this can't go unpunished. Um, I, I think it's, yeah, it's woeful. Losing seven, that you're professional footballers for God's sake, like sort yourselves out. Like I, 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 I see no redeeming, uh, no redeeming features from that game in the slightest. And what a tremendously poor way to start the season. Um, yeah, fine, Barnsley are a good team, and they clearly played very well, but it's it's unacceptable to to lose to lose seven nil. Um, regardless of the of the circumstance, really. Um, to add to your sort of uh, opening day fact i i can well imagine it because it well it was barnsley's biggest ever win in the league uh trouncing their their 7-1 defeats of huddersfield town and charlton athletic respectively uh, in the past and it was also port vale's heaviest ever defeat or joint heaviest ever defeat they they're quite familiar with losing 7-0 or at least letting seven in this is the fifth occasion they've let seven goals in in the league which is pretty diabolical so maybe actually it's not that weird for them but um, yeah, not great there. The office for for Port Vale and the gang. Where do you stand, Andy, on uh, on on teams refunding the fans? What are your opinions on that? No, I, I think it's very. I think I think it's necessary. Like if you're going all that way, like Port Vale, it's not too big of a. I don't think it's too big of a journey, is it, to Barnsley? But I actually remember a couple of seasons ago, um, and I think Ipswich beat. Doncaster at home 6-0 and the Doncaster you know chairman refunded all the tickets for the away fans I think it was only like 200 of them it was a midweek game but I do think it's you know necessary they're paying their hard-earned cash you know sacrificing a lot of the time you know weekends for people that's normally spent with family not you know not always going to the football and I think people should be repaid for that if, if they can if they're saying that dross football and traveling all that way you know, and it was an absolutely tepid day. It was absolutely, you know, raining cats and dogs and it was blowing a gale the whole weekend. I don't know. I just quite passionately about it. I think they should refund them. What about you? Wow. I mean, I might have changed my mind now. I originally was on the fence of, well, you know, football's football and you you sort of, you have to take the rough or the smooth. But no, you're exactly right. Port Vale fans, demand your money back. You shouldn't have to part with that. You pays your money. You uh, you, you expect a performance. So to turn up and roll over and get your tummies tickled by Barnsley players is not acceptable. Get your letters in. Um, also, I've just found out. Um, twenty seconds into their 
Carabao Cup first round game this evening, uh, they're already 1-0 down. So Port Vale oh, fans God. having an absolute mare of it recently. That's that's uh that's a that's live uh, that's live scoring. Yeah, as, that's as live yeah, as it gets. As yeah. live as it gets. Unbelievable. I love it. No, uh yeah, pretty pretty strongly uh, opinionated on that. But mm. yeah, I I think um and I, I, I love tummy tickled. That was unbelievable. <laughs> as an unbelievable word that is. That's a phrase that I'm gonna use in the future. That's one for the locker, absolutely. Mm. Um but yeah, nothing else to say about Barnsley. You know, really good start. I think that's gonna propel them and give them confidence for the season ahead and you know that's you know I think if uh in the wildest dreams I think Barnsley fans thought oh let's win seven we're gonna win seven nil on the opening day they would have been like you know you're dreaming mate but that's a uh, that's good here here as I, I think that's the phrase I like I like here here that's a good yeah one. that's come out a couple of times yeah love it cool <laughs> well I'm gonna we're gonna move on and we're gonna talk about your beloved Leighton Orient's return mm. back to league one um not being as fruitful as we hoped or imagined or you hoped as or mm. imagined, uh, Joe. But yeah, talk to me about the game and talk to me about, you know, your viewpoints and how it went. Yeah, not fruitful in terms of points, but fruitful in terms of positivity. Um, Charlton are a good team and I think they'll do well this year. Um, I think we both think they'll do well this year based on our, our, our tables just outside the playoffs. Um, and I think that actually... Playing away um, to a big team like Charlton at a big stadium, Orient, by the way, second largest EFL away attendance of the of the opening weekend. So, shout out all the absolute heroes that made the the treacherous journey to the Valley on a, on Saturday for three pm. Um, but yeah, I think going there was always going to be a tough ask. I think we did ourselves relatively proud. Um, seemed to match them fairly well occasionally going under but but not not too badly um and p- could have nicked a point even though it probably wasn't deserved um the gut punch of letting in sort of last second first half goals is is a difficult is a difficult one to recover from um and and yeah we we didn't and we succumbed one nil but hey positivity abounds is a good uh, a good effort well done gold star for participation everyone and um, yeah, we we go again. We go again on Saturday at home to Portsmouth. We go again tonight, actually, away to Plymouth in the Carabao Cup. But I mean, I can I can get less whether we go out or not on that one. So let's just <laughs> pretend that one's not happening. And um, yeah, look forward to Portsmouth. Some experimental formations on display on Saturday, which was a bit rogue, I have to say. I mean, don't get me wrong. In Wellens, we trust, but I'm not entirely convinced that the first game of the season against considerably better opposition in Charlton and in League One in general is the perfect place to start experimenting with three fullbacks on the pitch. Um, one of them in sort of a wide centre-back role. But I don't know. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see We'll see where that one goes. Hopefully that was a one and done. We uh, we gave it a go. We've realised that won't work. And we'll uh, we'll go back to a, a classic 4-4-2 maybe next week. 4-3-3 if we're feeling particularly exotic. Yeah, a three-four-one-two is certainly an interesting formation. <laughs> I've never really seen that, but I, I suppose it's, it's. I didn't actually know, but you actually signed Piggott 
um mm. for, from Ipswich I think so that's a that's a good signing I think I think in league one that he, he'll do well um but as I said you 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 pretty much matched him not for 90 minutes mostly like 50 percent possession you know the equal amount of the ball yeah they obviously peppered you a bit more but you know as a, as not many teams will go to the valley and get a result it was a tough tough away game I mm. think you're under no illusion about that um so yeah no it was it was interesting and I, I think like you said um Another tough game at Port. You know, is it home to Portsmouth? Is it at home to Portsmouth? Bringing yeah. them back to the cauldron. Yeah. So it's you know it's a good opportunity for you to for you to you know either register a point or you know get 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 some points on the board. And yeah, as I said, it wasn't a bad it was bad performance. It wasn't a you know wasn't a poor performance. Um, it was kind of like you probably would have wanted to try and get a result, even if it was just a draw, but. It's not one of them ones where, you know, you're not being drawn 7-0 or 4-0 on the opening day on your return back, right? It was it was a positive positive result. And I think maybe it gives Richie Wellens uh, an idea of maybe how to attack the league moving forward, probably. It probably good, gave him good insights. There you go. And also, I, I forgot to mention, absolute disastrous we, for, for not only our season, but also my, uh, my player of the season prediction, Dan Aguiar. I reckon he'll be out for five months. So that's we we cursed him pretty much immediately on the pod by saying how great he was going to be, and then he he's he's I don't know, but he lost his leg. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Oh. I'll, I'll bring my boots along next week. Just see if they see if they need need to fill out the numbers. Yeah, that's you definitely played the curse on him. To be totally mm. honest, and yeah. I suppose I suppose on the um on the player players uh you know player of the season obviously just going back to the championship quickly we obviously said Jewsby Hall would be our um mm. player of the season got two goals for Leicester and that was a you know great result for them so you know you know we we, we do have some sometimes questionable predictions but you know some of them aren't too bad hey broken clocks right twice a day also yeah. in what might not be news to everyone else but was news to me his first name is Kiernan not Kieran oh Kiernan oh I've yeah heard. Oh, okay. I just assumed it was Kieran, but I, I, I and then I assumed someone had made a, a spelling mistake in a tweet, but then I actually looked it up and no, his name's Kiernan. So sorry, Kiernan. I've been calling you Kieran for well, not your whole life because I didn't know you as a child, but for your 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 whole footballing life. Um, yeah, I, I take back whatever I've said about Kieran Dewsbury Hall, who is presumably crap, and <laughs> and give all of that praise to Kiernan Dewsbury Hall instead. Fair enough. That's you know, I, I didn't know that either. So that's a that's a wild stat. That's mm. mad. So anything else to talk about with the Charlton game, um, Joe? I don't think so. Um, we, we we'll take that on the chin. Fair play to Charlton, who are who are actually quite good. Um, they'll do well this year. We'll do well this year. We can all go off into the sunset, holding hands and and looking forward to the next forty five games. Yeah, absolutely. No, fair enough. That's very gracious and defeat, Joe. Mm. I wonder if you'll be as gracious moving forward in the yeah, season. Yeah, a few more and that'll change, but I'll, I'll I'll remain upbeat for now. Yeah, you'll you'll be celebrating one 0 wins like they were like cup finals by the uh, by the end. Of the season, maybe <laughs> who knows? Cool. Okay, we'll move on. And the last game we're going to review in League One is um, Cambridge United versus Oxford United. The education derby or the institution derby as i like to call it um mm. it was the reason why we chose this game is because again at the start of the season uh, and and in our league one preview again watch it back if you haven't we really didn't fancy cambridge at all this season we pretty much put them 
near last or like, you know, in the relegation zone, definitely flirting with relegation anyway. Um, but they came up with a brilliant result against an Oxford side I was pretty high on. And I think you're both we were both pretty high on with their signings. Um, so, you know, 2-0 win is, you know, even though they're at home, that's a really good result for them. And I think that's a, that's a real good um, statement of intent from them. And, you know, some good couple of their, I think one of their signings, um, Am- Amaday or ha- Hardme. I think it's a Hardme, actually, because he actually is a Ipswich, former Ipswich player. Um, got the got the second goal. And so it shows obviously good business from them, them chipping in with goals. Um, and fun fact, uh, he... He follows up. He, he is he's one of our followers on the EFL Sesh podcast socials. So we're now on Twitter. We're also on Instagram. So you know, follow. I think it's at EF at EFL Sesh Pod on Twitter, and I think maybe the same on Instagram as well. So you know, follow us on the social platforms, um, and maybe you never know. I've dropped a DM into his Instagram and said if he wants to join the podcast or come to the podcast for a guest. So you never know. Uh, watch this space. Um, but we'll cut, crack on back with the game. Um, it's, it seemed like a game that was very nip and tuck. Seemed to be equal shots, ten each for each to each side. Um, I think it kind of shows that uh, probably why we were quite high on Oxford. They pretty much dominated possession, seventy percent them, thirty percent Cambridge. So seems a quite possession based team, but maybe just needs a bit more cutting edge maybe up front um i think they've got it in the midfield certainly but it seems that you know they need to convert them chances and you know get keep themselves in games but you know kudos to kudos to cambridge really that's a, that's a really good result for them um you know seem to be quite assured at the back seem to be you know quite quite well organized which is quite what we weren't really um weren't really kind of high on but the thing is that you know it shows their attacking intent is pretty good. Having ten shots in the game, six on target. We were worried about them where where the goals were going to come because they obviously lost Nibs and Sam Smith, didn't they? Or um, uh, in 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 the summer to Reading. Um, so yeah, for that for me that was a really surprising result. One that I wasn't expecting, but you know, kudos to Cambridge. What about you, Joe? Yeah, no, really great result. Maybe it shouldn't have been a surprise to us actually because. This is the sixth year in a in a row that they've won their in game of the year. So maybe this is just what they do, and then they're just they're just crap for the rest of the rest of the year. Um, yeah. They just get the wins out of the way early. But yeah, they can't really fault their their performance. Really clinical. I think, like you say, I'm not convinced there was a whole lot in the game in reality. But if you don't take your chances, you don't win games. Well, you're not or you're not gonna get a result anyway, regardless whether you win. And um, Cambridge did exactly that. A little bit of luck with the with the second goal. Um, yeah. huge fan of a a goalkeeper spilling the ball for a for for an easy tap in, but but then that's what you're gonna get. That's what you can get in League One. That's what you can get in League Two. It's what you can get in the whole football league. Uh, some of the keepers pre butter their gloves before they come out, and 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 yeah, they 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 can't catch those footballs. Notoriously slippery. So you got to gamble. And Oxford clearly weren't, and Cambridge were in a in a rolling the dice mood. Um. All of all of the all of the best performers, ones we identified, Andy. So there you go. If if this doesn't work out, we're going into the scouting business. Um, Josh McCachran and yeah. Ruben Rodriguez running a game for Oxford in in well, in two levels of the centre and midfield. You'd say one's more defensive minded, one's more attacking minded. And like you've identified, Gasan had me getting grabbing the opener and uh, on his debut making a statement for Cambridge. So. 
yeah, we, we, we've got futures in football, whether it be in podcasting or, or otherwise. Yeah, well, uh, weren't Cam, weren't a, a team that we talked about in a preview looking for some analysts, right? So I think they were indeed, yeah. So there you yeah. go. And as ascertained, that that actually was a direct route to Pep Guardiola's job. Like, not yeah. too many mental gymnastics required. So, yeah, maybe we could talk about a job share. I like that. Yeah, I'll take that. We can split the wages. That that's fine. Yeah. Um, and this is this is the evidence. I'll just submit this pod as the CV. If nothing else, we'll gain a listener. So you know, yeah, it's, exactly. It's a, it's a swing and a hit. In my book, anyway, yeah, mm. absolutely. And and I suppose just a little shout out before we close out League uh, League One with uh, Joe's favourite team, Bristol Rovers, grabbing a uh, grabbing a draw against Portsmouth away. So you know the Joey Barton, even though he was banned, I think for the game, wasn't he? <laughs> I think off the touchline for the game, but you know Bristol Rovers grabbing a draw. I bet that uh, made you sick to your stomach, Joe. It does indeed. I didn't realise he wasn't on the sideline. There. I mean, what's he banned for now? Oh, he's probably punched someone, isn't he? Yeah, the, being the world's biggest tart. But yeah, I'll have to I'll have to look that one up as well. But yeah, I yeah, I mean, yeah, I try and close my eyes whenever whenever his teams come up. I just pretend they don't exist. That's that's ignorance is bliss, Andy. Absolutely, completely agree. Okay, well, that's our League One roundup done. Uh, this is rolling really quickly, Joe. So I'm we're going to roll on to League Two and possibly some of the strangest results I think mm. I've seen in the opening day in a while in the league too. Some wild results. And you know, I don't think it's any surprise. Um, Joe, you're going to talk to me about Wrexham MK Dons. I am indeed. Um, an absolutely nonsense game of football um, where everyone forgot how to defend um, and also just had to play football in general, really. I mean, even the goals are a bit shabby. Um, Ten minutes in, wildest dreams confirmed. MK Dons 2-0 up, cruising. Um, and then the classic, like just before half time, let one in, 2-1, away from home. Wrexham have just come up. They got all the momentum of sort of winning the title last year. You think, oh, here we go. Really uh, oh, great. I'm going to see Ryan Reynolds all over BBC Sport again this evening, my my favourite. But then straight out of the blocks again in the second half, Wrexham just down tools and, and MK Dons running rampant. Um, I mean, it was. It was Game over after they went 4-1 up after about an hour, but then still time for three ludicrous goals. 82nd minute, 94th minute, 96th minute. I mean, what's, what's happening? Just, just just, forget, just don't worry. After 90 minutes, it's a free-for-all. Um, yeah, I mean, it's good fun. It's good fun for the uh, for the casual observer. Um, and I, I, I like that MK Dons currently sit third in the table after that on goal difference because that is exactly where where I had them from uh, from my preseason predictions. Everyone's first game of the season is an excellent barometer of where a team will end up after forty six, so that's pretty much nailed on. Um, but yeah, just a just a bonkers 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 game of football. Over thirty shots on target all game, um, an additional fourteen off target. So it's just I don't know, just get the ball, lash it at the goal, see what happens. Um, Wrexham somehow came out with almost 70% possession, which I I don't understand. I don't understand where that came from. MK Don's only possession was just getting the ball and scoring, apparently. Um but yeah, huge fan. If 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 that's if that's a sign of things to come in, in League Two, then I'm all here for it. Maybe that'll become my new favourite league if uh if Orient keep losing. We'll we'll see. We'll have to keep a close eye on that one. I couldn't agree with you more. An absolutely bonkers game of football. Um, obviously, Wrexham, very, you know, a lot of eyes on that team at the moment. And I think a lot of eyes on that game. And, you know, for 
for the kind of you know viewpoints that you know teams like Notts County, tops like teams like Stockport, Wrexham are buying the league. It, it's providing some really good eyes to some of the other teams in League Two that may not necessarily get the eyes there. So you know you can see their place in the league, but. Oh, I got to tell you, um, that Leco seems a really decent player. Mm. Scored a couple of really decent goals. Um, I think he got in the grab and assist as well. So that's three contributions in a game, which is you know always going to serve you well. But yeah, I think it was one of them games. I think Wrexham just bring, I don't know, not controversy, but just drama wherever they go. And I think it was a very stereotypical Wrexham game. Um, lots of ups and downs, lots of shots, twenty three shots. Wrexham had in the game which is you know pretty mad um so it kind of does suggest that maybe Milton Keynes schooled them a little bit in terms of scoring five goals and only having eight shots in the game six on target that is wildly efficient that is very very good um, (laughs) from them um but yeah um I, I did also see that uh Ryan Reynolds was there with Hugh Jackman in attendance so you know the A listers coming to uh Wrexham's stadium um, yeah, it was it was just a mad game of football. Um, but you know, it it's one of them things. It's gonna get eyes on the league, and and you know that's that's all that's good for League Two, right? And that that's gonna only benefit the league, right? Yeah, yeah. and seeing Ben Foster pick the ball out of his own net five times is always excellent as well. That's that's good for football, not just uh, not just League Two. So. Yeah, sorry, Ben. He, yeah, I wonder if he's got the uh, the GoPro in the goal. Yeah, he might have lost the footage for that game. I don't know. He <laughs> got got corrupted. Maybe. Well, to be fair, maybe after the ball hitting it five times. Um, yeah, difficult to difficult to recover. Just absolutely destroyed the uh, the SD card. But yeah, un- unlucky, unlucky Ben. Better luck next time. Yeah, it definitely shows attack and intent from Wrexham and I think they will score quite a lot of goals and I'm still tipping them to do well. Obviously, I put them as my champions uh, in, in League 2 predictions. You did I indeed, think, famously. Yeah, I think I still haven't alluded to my League 2 predictions with you yet and, uh, you know, I know you had some very, very choice words first. Hey, the, the, some of my calls. We, we, we'll do a review at some point. The table doesn't start shaping up until 10, 15 games in. So, yeah, uh, agreed. yeah we'll, we'll let that settle for now. But let we'll let that yeah. simmer in the background. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, we'll we'll move on to our second game in League Two, and that was um, possibly maybe two of the most maybe disliked teams in maybe the football league, maybe up there: Forest Green Rovers and Salford City. <laughs> um, maybe the hatred derby. Maybe that's what they the the people's hatred. Um, but. I've got to say, the reason why I chose this game is obviously Forest Green have had a lot of eyes on them recently with, you know, the appointment, then non-appointment of um, their women head coach, women head mm. coach, um, and then bringing in, you know, some relative unknown uh, for, for as manager. So they've had possibly the most uh, disruptive pre-season probably in any team, maybe in all of the leagues in the world, let alone, you know, the EFL. Um, but then Salford, you know, very famous for their owners. Um, a lot of people think they're trying to buy the league as well with the amount of uh, riches that they have. But it was a good performance, and we and you know it was a very professional performance. Two nil away, away win is always a good start in any league, regardless, you know, of the team. We didn't really tip Forest Green to do that well this season, and I think that kind of came to fruition. Um, 
And it wasn't really any surprise that Salford won the game, but I think it was the manner that they won the game. You know, Forest Green had loads of shots, but when you have 19 shots on goal and only four on target, that's just, you know, clearly you're just doing nothing with the ball and just hitting and hoping. Um, but for me, it was the it was a very professional away performance by Salford, you know, grabbing the goals at key moments in the game just after half time and literally the sucker punch right at the end of the game in 95th minute, although probably there was about 20 minutes of added time at the end of the game, who knows? Um, yeah, uh, as I said, the reason why I chose it is I thought, you know, maybe people didn't really think Salford were going to win that game, puts them in a good spot, but I, I did tip them to get into the playoffs this year. And I think, you know, they've probably shown why in a, a clean sheet in the league is always a is always a good result. It's you know, I think I think um I think a cover stat again quote me. There wasn't many clean sheets actually in the league or in the EFL in this game week. I think there was at least you know, I, I think maybe I could ha- count them on two hands probably the amount of games that had actually clean sheets in them. So it'd be interesting to see that stat. There's quite a lot in League Two actually more than I thought there would be, but I think Championship and League One there was. Bags of goals for either side. Oh well, I, I don't have that to hand. Um, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I, I mean the championship. You bang on. It looks like there are only two clean sheets: one for Watford, one for Millwall. So, yeah. so shout out them. But I mean, I feel bad bursting your bubble now. But there were nine clean sheets in League wow. One. Yeah, well, it's um, fine. I'm, I'm happy to be. I'm happy to be uh, proved wrong. Yeah, and it looks like seven in League Two. So, I don't know, quite a few actually. <laughs> not not an insignificant amount of clean sheets across the three across the three divisions. <laughs> oh well, that's that's the yeah. absolute shout of the century. Uh, yeah, that was good. Gone wrong. Love that. But you but you did get something right though. So David Horseman, obviously Forest Green Rovers manager, actually has a storied history um, of football management. Having now, after Saturday, taken control of a grand total of one match as manager, um, 0% win rate, obviously. So, not ideal. You, you hit the nail on the head with that uh, that, that relative unknown um, appointment. 86 matches, though, as the Southampton under-23 manager. But I don't know whether that really, I don't know it really counts. It says he has 1.29 points per match, but, I mean, what division is that in? Like I, th- th- that doesn't count. I mean, it, if we if we if we de- if we're digging those delving those depths, I mean, I've I've got about a two point seven nine points per match rating on Football Manager two thousand twenty three. So yeah, I think that's pretty comparable. I've got over I've got over two thousand matches, mate. I mean, I'm like five hundred years old. I'm I'm playing with players you've never even heard of. You didn't even know know exist. So yeah, me and David Horseman toe to toe. I reckon we'll 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 put our we'll put our rap sheets down and and we'll uh yeah we'll have it out. It's the Brita Sombolonga uh, shout all over again, isn't it? Football yeah, manager. What, what a player, Brita Sombolonga. <laughs> Love that guy. Um, oh. Also, fun hmm. stat I just saw: attendance was only one thousand nine hundred thirty-six in in that game. So very low attendance. For... Hey, Salford are a tiny club. I'm, t- I'm telling you, like I, I will not have, I will not hear anything else about. It. I I don't I don't hate the whole like oh buying the league stuff. Like fine, whatever. Like it, tell me that you wouldn't support your club like buying all these great players. Like I I wouldn't believe you. Obviously would. But let's not get it twisted. Salford are a tiny club with like a tiny fan base and. 
why they're trying to manufacture them into this like massive football league team, I have absolutely no idea. Um, but, yeah. yeah, that was that, that, that was very Joe's personal thoughts about Joe's hot yeah. take. Yeah, got yeah. quite under the collar about that apparently. But to take nothing away from their performance, though, it was actually very professional and has become very indicative of what Salford have been about since they've been in League Two. Very, very restrained, very controlled and they they get the job done more often than not they get the job done and i think that we both predicted them to do quite well this year and both gotten in the playoffs and i think with the results like this that's exactly where they'll end up just just professional performances from a from a from a solid team and although two nil might flatter them because yeah you've got your garbage time 95th minute goal um the three points probably didn't so yeah fair play good result I will say a stat that's actually true because I can see in front of me. Apparently, um, what makes it even more impressive, apparently Forest Green haven't lost an opening day fixture since 2016. So Ooh. seven years, seven, six and a half years in a row, six years in a row, they've won on the opening day. So, you know, winning winning away and against a team that notoriously bagged three points in the first game of the season. Mm. Again, well done, Salford. We'll give, we'll give you kudos for that. Yeah, bravo. Fair play. Cool. Doing what, doing what Oxford couldn't. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Okay, well, to round off League Two, Joe, talk to me about possibly maybe the shock shock of the uh shock of the EFL game week one. Sutton versus Notts County. It it certainly shocked me. Um, if nothing else, for the at one point five Orient players, ex Orient players, obviously not current, on the pitch for Sutton, just assembling a, a dream team of old Orient players: Scott Cashkit, Harry Beautyman, Harry Smith, Craig Clay, Lee Angle. Just you can't go wrong. And clearly, it's a recipe for success because running out five-one winners over a, a very decent Notts County side is is bonkers. Um, and actually, you know, you got, oh, you've got the keeper getting sent off after fifteen minutes. Well, number one, they're already one-nil up, so they're already on course to win. And number two. Having a team going down to 10 men against you away from home does not scream, oh, great, we're about to bag loads of goals past them. What it screams is, great, they're going to line up 10 men along the goal line and try and escape with a 1-0 loss or or, or try and nick a goal and and draw one all. So, yeah, huge fan of this result. Um, I I think, egg on my face, because I think Sutton are going to do pretty poorly this year, but hey, they're they're proving me wrong straight out the gate. Um, Love it. I, I I love it. Long may this continue. Long may Sutton keep on turning up because, yeah, I I I'm I'm all here for this for this result. Um, David McGoldrick annoyingly getting his getting his goal already. I'm I, I'm already not about him winning the bloody League Two top goal scorer award after dropping down a million divisions just so he can just so he can play there. But <laughs> yeah, huge hu- huge news, huge news for Sutton. Shout out Matt Gray. What a manager. Mastermind. Absolute mastermind. <laughs> Masterclass. Absolute yeah, it was. Class. No, for, for me, like I saw the highlights and and generally I think, you know, they completely played them off the park, played some lovely football. Some of the goals they scored were brilliant, you know, certainly very, very good attacking flow, um, you know, put Notts County under so much pressure at the start. And I think that's what you need to do with teams like Notts County, teams like Wrexham. You just need to put them under the cost straight away. Just give it a good old go go at them hard for the first 15, 20 minutes. And that's exactly what they did. Um, I Like, again, and what makes it more impressive is that, you know, Notts County have McGoldrick and Macaulay Langstaff up front. Mm. 
who between them have got like 65 goals, I think, or so in, in this season between them, right? Last season between them. So, you know, potent doesn't even cut it in terms of, you know, their their forward line. And, you know, yet McGoldrick got a goal, but, you know, to keep them basically quiet for the whole game is, you know, brilliant, to be fair. And if we look at the stats, the stats kind of, you know, dictate that really, you know, Notts County had 12 shots, but again, only three on target. You know, Sutton, again, six shots on target, five goals. That's, you know, massively efficient. That's, you know, very, very good. You know, didn't have the possession, but, you know, Notts County, a very possession-based team. It was very much a, you know, play on the you know, play on the counter-attack. Their transitions were great. Um, you know, they, they just came at them, like, just got right in their faces. You know, I'm all for it. And and secondly, I love their kit. They, that yellow kit is... is for me, yeah, I rate it very highly. I, I agree with that. I'm a sucker for a good kit, and uh, yeah, I I I might have to change my uh my lead prediction of them based on their kits. Give me sort of old school Dortmund vibes, maybe. Yeah. Uh, I d- I don't know, but I'm I'm a huge fan. Yeah, agreed. Back that. Yeah. Shout out Sutton's kit designers. Yeah, definitely getting a pay rise after this podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I to say for me. Result result of the weekend for me. I think it was a a great performance, and um, you know, long may it continue. And you know, um, I was speaking to one of my friends at work today, and uh, he he's he shared the podcast with one of his mates who is a quite a big Sutton fan. So I'll shout you out, big Sutton fan. Um, your team did well this weekend. Top work. That's nice. Is I like the fact his name's Big Sutton fan as well. You'll, yeah, exactly. you'll, you'll know who you are, Big Sutton fan. Um. And you say long may it continue, long will it continue? Because there was an added 19 cumulative added minutes uh, this weekend for them. Nine in the first half, 10 in the second half, which is quite astonishing. I'm not entirely sure whether I love this going forward, to be perfectly honest, but I don't know. I guess we'll see how it plays out. I I didn't realise they were bringing this rule in this year, Um, the sort of super strict World Cup rule of... Every time somebody breathes, we add 30 seconds to, to added time. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think there's probably a happy medium. I don't mind them adding like a reasonable amount of time on, but just seemingly stopping the clock every time someone goes down seems a bit ludicrous. And I'm sure I saw something the other day where they're they saying it basically adds another four or five games in total to a season over the course of a season if you were to play an extra like 10, 15 minutes per game of added time, which is obviously not good for depleted squad so we'll see in winter when we're when we're all playing the kids and and everybody's dropping like flies and um, whether it's a good idea or not i guess but yeah more football yeah. coming your way whether you like it or not <laughs> you'll be forced to watch it yeah um, yeah i i was intrigued to hear your view on the the new ruling on added time i'm i'm pretty much aligned to you it just seems a bit unnecessary for the amount like these kind of games are going to cause, you know, these kind of added time, sorry, is going to cause potential, you know, injuries, like you said, for depleted squads, make squads even more depleted, you know, and, you know, you see when you play added time in like, you know, major tournaments, you know, people get cramp, it probably gives you more chance of getting injured. I, I think it's, I think it's risky business, but, um, you know, they, they've made the ruling and they've, you know, teams have got to put up and shut up, you know, and, uh, you know, <laughs> Put up and shut up. That's I like that. I like put up and shut up. You don't get a choice. Just put up and shut up and get on with it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess for me it's so strange though because I don't understand. There's like the illusion of accuracy because they've made it like a specific number, like nine minutes or ten minutes. 
there is this illusion that they've come to that in any other way than just sort of licking their finger and putting it in the air and going, hmm, feels like 10 minutes. Like if, if they actually had a rule where you legitimately played 60 minutes, for example, and they just stopped the clock every time the ball went out, okay, I could at least understand how they got there. But we're still in the realms of basically the ref just makes up a number. We've just decided that number's going to be larger now, depending on how much the referee thinks has been wasted, um, which still still seems a bit ludicrous. It's that, hey, the, the referee's still in for abuse regardless. I mean, he's getting both barrels because it, it, we're either losing and he hasn't added on 15 minutes or we're winning and we can't believe he's added on three. So, yeah, there's no escape. Um, yeah. Will, will still be big influence of, of of that added time, I imagine. Completely agree. Okay, well that is our that is our EFL game roundup for the for this week. That is um pretty mad. That's gone really quickly, and I quite like the flow of that, Joe. It was uh it was good to shoot the breeze on on the games and then rattle through the EFL in in such a short period of time. Good. And if your team wasn't reviewed this week, then um just tell them to get better, and they yeah. will be next week. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're mm. only looking at eye catching results, so you know, exactly. get get your team on the blower and uh, make sure they perform next week. And you know, yep. they might get a shout out. Five uh, threes only. Five threes only. Absolutely. Okay, we'll take a quick break there, and uh, we'll introduce you to a fun game that uh, me and Joe are going to be playing throughout the season. Uh, we'll see you in a mo. Hello and welcome back. As teased, we've got a, a fun game, but only me and Andy can play. You just have to listen to us playing. I mean, you can play along at home if you want, maybe, and score yourself. Um, but I mean, I'm not going to listen to you because there's no verifiable way of knowing if you've told the truth or not. But yeah, why not? Play along. What we're going to do over the course of this season and what we've done behind the scenes for week one, um, but we'll be doing out in the open for, for weeks two through 46 are choosing a game from the championship from league one and from league two and predicting it using our powers of deduction. Um, we're going to choose a, a, a score. Obviously if we get the score bang on, then we're talking three points. If we get the result bang on, then we're talking one point. And if we don't get the score or the result, right, that's a big fat, nothing for you. Um, like I say, we've actually already done it for, for week one because obviously week one's passed now. Um, Andy, I don't know, do you, do you want to reveal the games? Do you, do you want me to reveal the games and you to reveal your your scores? Yeah, you, you can introduce the games and I'll introduce what our predictions were if you want. Yeah, I, I see, I, I gave you the option there because, spoiler alert, Andy's done very well uh, to, to, to kick us off with. Um, so our three games, our championship game from from this weekend was was an easy choice. Sheffield Wednesday versus Southampton. Our League One game was a very generous Andy pick of Charlton versus Leighton Orient. And a, a League Two pick of Forest Green versus Salford. So uh, so Andy, how, how did we do? Let the baying masses know. Yeah, so from from our predictions um for the Sheffield Wednesday Southampton game I actually went 2-1 Southampton so that was a bang on three pointer for for me which was a good great start and you went 3-1 Southampton so that was a mm. uh, that was a good one point good start yep. the board expected more from Che but yeah 
Um, second game we didn't do too great at. We I went for a one-all draw, um, Charlton Orient, so that was zero points for me because Charlton won one nil, and you went two one Orient. I love mm. the positivity as always. Yeah. Unfortunately, that was the wrong result. So that's I knew we'd I knew we'd concede, but I, I I assumed we might put up more of a fight. But hey, so these things happen. Yeah, and then um, I actually went Forest Green nil, Salford two, which was a bang on result again. So that's two bang on results out of three, which was pretty mad. Um, you know, to to caveat this, I we I did this prediction at nineteen uh seven seventeen p.m. Just before the Southampton game kicked off, so that was a that was a, a good result, good good prediction for the weekend. And Joe, you went one nil Salford, so that is a another point to you. So that kicks off the season with me on six points and you on two points for game week one. Yeah, I mean that couldn't have been much worse timing, really. Particularly how big I was giving it, how terrible your League Two predictions were, and then you got the only League Two result we were predicting spot on. So <laughs> yeah, not not ideal for me. Not not an excellent look. But you just wait until next time you're not here. The things that you'll be saying, um, yeah, you've never seen the like. Absolutely, I wouldn't expect anything less from you, Joe. <laughs> I don't know whether that's a compliment or not, but but yeah, fair enough. Take I'll, it. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll move quickly on to uh to a little a little flavour of the games that we will be we'll be predicting this coming game week i guess well we're predicting them now um i'll tell you what the games are and then you can hold us to account next week and and this time i i will i will win and and we'll be we'll be back on team joe so i'll give you them all andy and uh and then afterwards you can you can take your pick so in the championship we've got ipswich versus stoke Mm-hmm. So I thought I'd return the favour. We've got an Ipswich game in there. I'll be um, there as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can give us a first-hand account um, as the goals roll in. Uh, League One, we've got Bristol Rovers versus Barnsley for no apparent reason. There are no <laughs> ulterior motives behind that one in the slightest. Just, just a really good game of football. And League Two, we've actually got Barrow versus Sutton. So impressed am I with uh, with Sutton's start that I feel like yeah, it's it's impossible to to ignore them. So. Yeah, a quick recap. Ipswich, Stoke, Bristol Rovers, Barnsley, Barrow, Sutton. Do you want me to go with my first game first and we'll do me? Yeah, me, go for it. Me. I'd love it. So I'm going to go for one all Ipswich, Stoke. Because Stoke had a good result on Saturday, 4-1. Um, so they, they're pretty in good form and obviously Ipswich won. But I think that's got to me drawing. I think Ipswich will take that, I think. Yeah, I... So I well we'll go one for one. I I said tool. So Edmund. it looks yeah. So it looks like we're uh we'll at least get one or or three points if one of us gets it correct. But um yeah I I, I agree. I think there's goals in it. I think both teams well it's which got two. Stoke got four in the opening weekend. But then equally both let one in. So I think it's got entertainment written all over it. Hope so. It'd be good, uh, good first game and at Portman Road for for the season, I think. And it's good that two teams are playing, you know, pretty well based on last week. So hopefully, it's an entertaining game. So I'll take two all any day of the week. I'm mm. very much entertained for that game. Cool. So the next prediction was Bristol Rovers versus Barnsley. Oh well, I think I can't really not back Barnsley, right? I'm going to go two 0 away win. Yep, good plan. I've gone four one. Um, I think You're Bristol right, yeah. will score because you know that that's the classic Bristol Rovers manoeuvre—just scuff one in accidentally. But 
yeah, I think Barnsley are going to turn them over. You don't you don't score seven one week and none the next. They're uh, they're on form, and Devonte Cole's going to get all four, and we're going to see. Yeah, it's going to be an absolute romp. I think away <laughs> win. Didn't um didn't Liverpool do that last season? Didn't they like beat um didn't they beat like Southampton seven nil or something and then lost like one nil to Nottingham Forest the next week <laughs> last that, season? Well, uh, that wouldn't surprise me to be fair. That that seems like a very <laughs> Liverpool thing to do at the moment, but yeah, yeah. That, that unfortunately Barnsley will uh will, will avoid that curse and they will keep up their winning streak. Yeah, I I I feel yeah, and I agree with you. So right. yeah, and then finally Barrow versus Sutton. Got back my boy Sutton. I'm going to go one nil away win. Ooh, that's yeah, I like that. I I've gone a bit rogue here, and I've gone Barry three Sutton one. Um, I I, I don't I, I think the travel. I'm factoring in the travel. Um, obviously up to Barrow is quite a long way, and uh, I don't know. I just uh, I don't know. I've fa- I've factored too much. I've factored the travel too much in. Let's let's not get <laughs> twisted. I've I've made a big mistake there, but All I've, about I've the said models. it. I've said it now, and I, I was sort of looking at it and going, "Well, you know, Barrow won their first game, then they did beat Tranmere, who I've tipped to do very badly this year." So, yeah, maybe, maybe not my best prediction, but we'll see. Yeah, no, that's some good good predictions, and we'll see how we get on uh, get on next week. We'll put that on the socials as well, so uh, mm. you can you can comment your uh, your predictions on there as well. Absolutely. Yeah, but don't do better than me though, because otherwise we we won't be reading them out. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast will just end it's finished yeah. <laughs> Joe will take a strop and it won't happen ever again exactly that well excellent um that yeah that's the prediction element of uh of the podcast done and we'll be doing that every single week thanks Joe for introducing that um for our Canvi update we'll be doing that on our next episode because it will be a very beefy update because they've they're playing tonight um and we're recording on Tuesday the 8th of August West Ham's under 21s and I think it's going to be a pretty uh, packed crowd at the Movie Star Stadium tonight um, and then by the time we record this next one for Game Week 2 review they would probably have played their first um, Ithmian Premier League game so we can see how they did in their first game of the season um, so yeah that'll be our Canvey update next uh, in our next episode so you know up the Canvey yep huge huge all the best of luck for this season as we know pre-season doesn't matter Season starts here. Exactly. Here, here, as as we've said in all this episode. I do like that phrase. <laughs> okay, well, that, that is the end of uh, episode uh, seven, but season two, episode one, uh, our game week one review. Um, I really enjoyed that, Joe. That was uh, it was a good laugh. Yeah, I agree. I'm already panicking now you've, uh, now you've got episode seven, season two, episode one in my head. I'm trying to think of another Star Wars pun, but I don't <laughs> yeah. know. We'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll come up with something. There'll be, there'll yeah. be some other ripper for everyone to enjoy. Exactly. There are only 46 episode series. Uh, if they do feel free to get in touch, that'll be the one message I actually read. All the others can get in the bin, but that one, that one I'm going to be paying very close attention to. Exactly. No, hundred percent. Well, as I said, have a good rest of your day, everyone. And uh, yeah, up the FL Sesh podcast. Yeah! <laughs>